This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre. And the birthday boy, Todd Erzin. Happy birthday to Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, how do you plan on punishing yourself extra special today? Today is pretty sedate. Or is this, is this a day that you actually will decide to enjoy something today? Feel I like just, you can indulge at your birthday? There's no uh, soccer games to watch. There's no cross-country meets to go to. Maybe an extra shot of vinegar. I don't know. That's what we love about you right there. Uh, also, we love this weather. Man. Got to admit, it kind of feels good to feel the fall. Drove in here, had the windows down on the truck. So a little extra spring in our step today, a, a break from what has been uh, searing heat. And if you live down south, like uh, where our colleagues of the Blaze are, they're cursing us right now, where it's just 110 until like November. We actually know? do have some breaking news. We do. Um, okay. My wife just texted me wanting me to tell you that if you shop at the Aldi's in West Des Moines, they have an entire aisle, like an entire aisle of pumpkin spice. I don't know if you do any shopping at all these, but... I will now. Thank you. Tell her I said thank you very much. Appreciate that. Might have to make a pilgrimage on the way home today, in fact. All right. Um, uh, coming up on today's show, uh, we are going to do, of course, buy, sell, or hold. That begins at the bottom of the hour. Uh, next hour, we'll be joined by the prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. We want to remind you, uh, given the uncertainty of the economy, to check out our friends at Constitution Wealth. They have already helped to align $10 million of your wealth in our audience uh, with your values. Um, and they've done that uh, here. It's just been a little bit over half a year that they came on board at the 1st of January. And they have done a phenomenal job in helping you, if you've taken advantage of them, helping you to understand that you can use your money uh, as a weapon uh, in the spiritual and culture war. You can stop funding things and people that hate you and instead have it directed towards righteous causes. And no longer does your portfolio and your principles have to be in conflict. They can align both if you go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. And uh, they're helping to do their part to build the parallel economy. You can do it with them and join them together at constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Again, go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve and book an appointment today. And with that, let's kick it off as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Madness Part 2. Real quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. The increase in hospitalizations and this shows that covid is here to stay. Um, as you can see, Whoopi is not here. She has COVID. Oh. Yes, it's back. 
It's bad. It's, the president was with the first lady yesterday. He will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. Moving on, the former leader of the group Proud Boys has been sentenced to 22 years in prison for his role in January 6th. Henry Terrio wasn't even in D.C. that day, but that didn't matter to Trump-appointed U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who handed down the longest sentence of anybody involved with January 6th. Liberty Safe, who bills themselves as, quote, America's number one heavy-duty home and gun-safe manufacturer, issued a statement last night confirming they'd given the FBI an access code to a customer's gun safe in response to a request on August 30th. That request came during a raid on the home of a man who'd attended a protest on January 6th. You buy a safe, you put your stuff in there, but the manufacturer has a backdoor entrance they can give the feds. Lovely. According to ABC News, voice memos transcribed and reviewed by them show former Trump attorney Evan Kokorin warning Trump in person at Mar-a-Lago that not only did he have to fully comply with the subpoena to recover alleged classified documents, but that the FBI might search his estate if he didn't. As we now know, Trump, of course, ignored his attorney. So all of us who got up in arms about the raid on Mar-a-Lago, yeah, that was avoidable, and Trump knew it. Donald Trump, on the other hand, may have taken his first step in wising up to what his beloved COVID jabs actually are. In an interview with former Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon, Trump says vaccine manufacturers should release safety data they're privy to. Will you demand that the vaccine companies, that the pharmaceutical companies release their vaccine data to the public so that we can see what they're actually seeing about the side effects of this vaccine? Well, they should do that. You know, we're all in this together and they should be doing that. So that, look, they have to be honest with the numbers, the facts, and, you know, they have an obligation to be honest. And if they are going to hold back, that means they're holding back something that's not good. So, it's good for them to be honest, and people are going that's to understand exactly it, too. We, that's exactly what we They have to yes. be honest with the, and they have to, any information, they have to release it. And that is not what we're hearing from this current administration. And Mr. President, I'm telling you, there are people out there that are desperate to have you stand for them in that case. Well, we'll stand for them in many ways. Oakland, California's Kaiser Permanente's new mandatory, quote unquote, gender affirming care staff training promoted the idea that three and four year old children can identify as transgender. According to documents obtained by Libs of TikTok, a Kaiser Permanente employee who asked to remain anonymous for fear of losing employment shared recent training videos featuring minors discussing their so-called gender transition stories. The employee told Libs of TikTok that the employees concerned the training materials promote the mutilation and castration of children. According to the company Insider, staff were required to watch a 45-minute course featuring videos about quote-unquote transgender and gender-diverse care. The video included a testimonial from a young boy named Rose, who now identifies as a girl, including another adult, who said that they knew by the time they were three that they were so-called trans. On the other hand, also in California, the Spreckles Union School District near San Jose has agreed to pay a $100,000 settlement to a mom and her daughter after school administrators encouraged the daughter to trans herself without the mother's knowledge. The mother, Jessica Conan, filed a lawsuit last year alleging that the district and three of its employees secretly convinced Conan's child that the minor was bisexual and transgender and encouraged the student to conceal it from Conan, allegedly violating her 14th Amendment rights to direct her child's upbringing. And finally, at long last, comedian Ryan Long is back with this. 
American politicians are some of the oldest in the world, and as relatives of those politicians know, you'll have to pry that power out of their cold, dead hands. That's where we come in. Ampo is a retirement home for politicians too old for literally anything else, but aren't quite ready to give up running the biggest economic and military power in the history of the world. At Ampo, we let you live the retirement life without actually having to retire. Whether you're a senator, congressperson, or the president, our assisted living facility allows those politicians to spend their twilight years gardening, lawn bowling, while still proposing complicated legislation regulating interstate and foreign commerce. They can knit, do arts and crafts, while still taking calls from Raytheon lobbyists on speakerphone at maximum volume. At Ampo, we have round-the-clock, 24-hour assistance to help these politicians bathe, clothe themselves, and go to the bathroom, so there'll be no mess when making decisions on what democracy should be spread with an $800 billion a year annual military budget. Politicians don't like to give up their power, sometimes even at the detriment of their party, which is why we have on-site nurses, doctors, physicians, and pharmaceutical lobbyists, we make sure they take their medicine so profits can still be made on making sure the public takes theirs. And that's what happened while we were away. Not even parody. From in, in fact, that would in fact that's a policy suggestion. That would be an upgrade to what we have now. I think actually. Tim Young, our friend and comedian, said it best. They should just rename the U.S. legislature the U.S. Hospice. That is true in so many ways. That's from beginning to end. That that cuts me deep, Shrek, because it's true. Yeah. And that may be, and this is saying something, that may be one of the darkest montages, Aaron, you've ever done. You start at the beginning. They're just like, yeah, got to get your booster. Just just bold face lying to you. The science has been totally taken over on a number of fronts. If the science is totally taken, which is not about a trite matter no no about injecting yourself with a documented poison and whether your children are boys or girls yes what, really what what is reality as if this is a casual debate about what like top marginal marginal yes, tax rates exactly um you know what's the uh, what's the uh, uh appropriate age of uh contractual obligation um you know um just you know like any other policies that we would have a disagreement or discussion about you know city ordinance you know when is a what's a public in a private zone you know, when, when should we apply a penny tax for urban renewal or when not? I mean, just like any other policy debate, just casually, oh, yeah, you know, should, should you castrate your kid or let us do it behind yeah. your back? Or, you know, and should we, you know, pave the sidewalks or not? You know, I mean, tomato, tomato, you know, that's I, it. I think you produced a movie about this, Steve. I did. I did. Nefarious out on all major streaming platforms and DVD right now, in fact. So thank you. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Raycon. Love it when you guys send in your endorsements because you tried our partners on our recommendation and loved the results. I got just such a note a few weeks ago from Jacob. Um, and he says, hey, I bought the fitness earbuds from Raycon last year in January. They've survived a year and a half. I'm a fabricator and I go to the gym after a 10-hour shift, dude. <laughs> I do a 10-hour shift, and then I go to the gym. Yikes. Dude, um, that kind of sounds a little badass, actually. Uh, So far, they've made it through sweat, dust, smoke, and insulation without a drop-off quality. Uh, A drop-off of quality. Two months ago, I decided to try my luck at their over-ear fitness headphones. These things also did not disappoint And something I like that they have that other companies don't is instead of using leather for the pads, which deteriorate over time and cook your head after a while, they have a ventilated material that allows your head to breathe. 
And once again, the sound is superior. I tried out Under Armour's Project Rock headphones when they came out. I was very disappointed. Uh, and they were not worth the $300 price tag for a fraction of the price. Raycon is way more worth the purchase. I mean, that that's as good of a script as we were going to possibly write about Raycon. Is Nailed what it. We just heard fr- right there from Jacob. So if you want to you want to put them to the test, get 20% off right now. If you go to buyraycon.com slash Steve, buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N as in Nancy, uh, buyraycon.com slash Steve for 20% off everything in the store, buyraycon.com slash Steve. All right, let's go to the montage. And um, I want to say, first and foremost, a thank you to Michigan former Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon for questioning the former president about this and bringing it to his attention. In no uncertain terms. In no uncertain terms. And she has a relationship there. She was part of that Real America's Voice channel, which is basically a uh, a, 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 a channel of pro-Trump programming. Um, she had his support in the Michigan gubernatorial race. And so she used her access to him and that relationship to ping him on an issue that he needs to be pinged on, okay, and has needed to be pinged on for a minute. Or a thousand. Okay. So um, that's a rare example. When, when you've heard me in the past talk about our paradigm on the right as access based politics and their paradigm on the left as leverage based politics, that doesn't mean that you cannot use access based politics to exercise leverage. We just don't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, we, we just use access based politics to have access. Because access is where patronage is, you know? A lot of people feel as if they can't do a compelling show if famous so-and-so doesn't appear on it. Or if he he or she appears on another show and not theirs, then they get butthurt about it. And a lot of our conservative organizations are just fundraising fronts. And, and, And so they want big name Republicans to show up and keynote address their events so they can fundraise. And that's why when they run afoul of our orthodoxy, they don't ever question or confront them and act as if it didn't happen. I mean, I'll never forget when, when I don't even look at them anymore. Maybe they still do this. Faith and Freedom used to put out those voter guides back in the day. Well, that was back when it was still just the Christian coalition. They changed their branding because they had to because it was so tarnished. And uh, um, it's, it's true. It's just true. I know you're just throwing things out there. Yeah, I know. Uh, imagine that you had to change your branding from Christian Coalition because you tarnished it so poor, so so uh, thusly. But that is exactly what happened. Okay, all right. We and I like how they nice actually things. changed it to take Christianity out of it. That was I thought interesting. But um, you know, Reed used to produce, produce these voter guides, and it didn't matter who the Republican nominee was. I mean, it, 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 like John McCain next to Barack Obama. And if you looked at their voting records, by the way, in the Senate, not a lot of difference. A couple of issues, a big difference. By and large, not many differences. But man, when you got that voting guide, voter guide at church, it made John McCain look like, it made John McCain look like, hey, you know what? When Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and fell, John McCain sprinted past Jesus on the water. Jesus was just walking on water. McCain is literally dead sprinting on water. And Jesus is like, I wish I was more like John McCain. I mean, that's what the voter guide was. Just a total lie. So true. I'm not even exaggerating. I, I, I once had someone come up to me at the... At Todd's the, over there. I'm Catholic. I, I once had somebody come up to me at a church 
and ask me, hey, can you, our pastor respects you. True story. I don't think I've ever told you guys this one. Our pastor really respects you. Here's our voter. This was during the 08 cycle, actually. Would you take our, you know, take this to the pastor and try to convince him to let us, you know, share these here at the church? And I looked at their voter guide and it was such a scam. I looked back at the person and said, no way. I'm would, you know why your pastor? You know why your pastor respects me? Because I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't ask him to support something that is an obvious lie like this. So no, my answer is no. But good luck to you, and bless your heart. Okay. What I'm, was I even saying? How did I get down I don't here? Know. Okay. Really oh, back to Tudor Dixon. All right. You can use access to have leverage. You can. I'm going to give you an example of it here in a moment. All right. For me. But most of the time on the right, it's access for the sake of access, so we can cash in on the access. And so we have no leverage. And everybody knows we, uh, we, that we just, wanna, we just want to ride shotgun in the star quarterback's Camaro and hope that we get at least a jelly bean or a breathman after the ride, if you catch my drift. Everybody knows this. And so there's no fear of us. What they did on the left is they used their leverage to get access. Because you fear me now, You'll put the craziest people on MSNBC, the craziest ones. What's Dave Rubin call it? A psych ward or an insane asylum or something like that is how he describes it. The craziest people, they'll put them on. Why? They have the leverage. And so therefore, you'll grant them the access they want. Otherwise, they'll crush you. You can use access for leverage. Tudor Dixon is an example. That just happened. She used her access to Donald Trump to exert in her own way. It was, it, was, it was a gentle prodding, but it was a prodding nevertheless. That again goes back to when I tell you guys, confrontation isn't a tone. When I say we need to be more confrontational, I, I want to make sure I make this clear, and maybe I don't always. I'm not saying you have to be more like me. That's not what I'm saying. The tone argument is an idol both ways, right? We've often talked about, well, it's not how you say but what you say it. That's garbage. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of nice things you could say to people. Hey, uh, you know what? I, while you were gone, honey, I mean, I beat the living snot out of these kids. In fact, uh, one of them's got a black eye and the other one's bleeding downstairs. They could probably use a little medical attention. Do you have fun with your girlfriends? Is it a good tone? You're not going to call the cops because the tone was good. That's how stupid this is. But it works the other way, too. You don't have to be like me. In fact, maybe I'd prefer you weren't. Okay. Those are some of the things about me that I wish were a little bit more refined, okay? If 100 people show up to a school board meeting and talk like the NPR lady, but say, if you keep doing this, my kids, there's going to be big problems. I'm all in. Exactly. Yeah. I'm all in. You can whisper, we will arrest you ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. I mean, and, and, and then we're going to watch sweaty balls. I mean, I'm okay. I don't care what the tone is. I don't care. It doesn't have to go one way or the other. It doesn't have to be from Todd Vinegar is a delicacy, Erzin, or Steve. I, you know, and frankly, enjoy this way too much days. It doesn't have to be our tone. Tone isn't the issue. Truth is. Amen. And so in a very gentle, feminine way, you saw Tudor Dixon push back on him. And then you saw her say something. There's a lot of people that need you to support them on this, Mr. President. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. That's a key point right there. And that's now where he's like, oh, well, you know, they're going to get my support. I mean, she got him to admit to something and and to to align with something that he wouldn't even entertain at at the Diamond and Silk funeral earlier this year. That was the sweetest ultimatum I've ever heard. Absolutely. 
That's a rare example. Make sure you clip that clip of Tudor Dixon. That rarely happens. Like, not now, like ever. Rarely happened under McCain. Rarely happened under Romney. Rather, rarely happened under any Bushes. That is a rare moment of using access for leverage. Rare. May her house increase and people follow that model. I'm going to give you another now from me. What went on in this case with the Trump appointed judge handing down the longest January 6th sentence yet to somebody who was not even there is Soviet. It, it, there's, there's, I don't believe there's a word for it in the American parlance. It's, it's, it's so opposite and antithetical to the original intent of our system. I mean, we're, we're, we're paying off. Didn't New York just pay off BLM protesters? The, the ones who were doing the Colorado. riots. Colorado, thank you. Denver. Denver. The ones who were doing the riots got, got payments. That's not, there's nothing American happening there. It's, it, that's as Soviet as it gets. That's, that is Orwellian as it gets. That is four legs good, two legs bad. You got the wrong amount of legs. So if you got the right amount of legs, do whatever the hell you want to whomever the hell you want. And we'll make them pay you for the damages you cause them. That is flat out demonic. So there was a meme going around this morning that I shared. And it's a meme of January 6th protesters in orange jumpsuits next to where what they're going to where they're going to be today and where Donald Trump's going to be today. And it shows him, you know, playing golf at Mar-a-Lago and I I shared that and I said this is sad. I I wish to, I wish I could say this is unfair. But I can't. It's true. It's true. I mean, he left those people behind. Some of them have now even begun to say so publicly in their sentencings. They got left behind. They got left behind. Then they trusted a Trump judge to give them some form of justice. Instead, he flushed justice down the window and went full Bolshevik himself. And our friend Julie Kelly pings me on Twitter today and says, hey, both these guys are Florida residents. They're DeSantis constituents. I said, I agree. I know. Well, I knew that. But I said, you tell me lawfully what you think that, that the, a governor can do about this case. And she sent me a message back. And the thing that stood out to me the most of what she said that I did not know until she told me is that these two guys were actually cooperating with law enforcement during the investigation and criminal charging process they were in, they were cooperating with law enforcement including the fbi and in exchange for that so so understand what happened here these guys trusted that trump had a plan they go to dc there isn't a plan so they trusted trump that didn't work out they trusted a trump appointed judge that didn't work out and then they entrusted themselves to the system they basically threw themselves on the mercy of the court and worked for law and to help law enforcement uncover more, I guess, collaborators. 
Have you guys seen all the ominous footage of the Proud Boys walking the streets of America, overthrowing? Did you guys see the Proud Boys take over nine square blocks of Seattle two, three summers ago and declare it uh, Chaz? Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't them. Okay, my bad. It was another organization. Collaborating in what? Yeah, exactly. At best, you could say they're collaborative a-holes. That's the, that's the word. That's the, that's about the worst you could say. Collaborative a-holes. Maybe not the best people in the world. Maybe you don't want your daughter dating any of them. Maybe they're not your cup of tea. They're not mine. I didn't know what the hell a proud boy was until like January 7th. I never heard of it. Didn't know what it was. No, actually, I take that back. We had somebody at CRTV working with us here who used to be a... Gavin McInnes was a proud boy. That was actually the first time I heard about him. I didn't know what it was. Never heard of it in my life. So I'm not saying you got to be buddies. I'm not saying you got to be friends. I'm not saying, you know... uh, proud boys are in whom we live and breathe but 20 years 20 years are you freaking kidding me and that and that was from the system that they trusted see how they were failed the whole way through they they were failed by the president they were the former president they were failed by his appointed judge and then they went to the other side and threw themselves on the mercy of the court and actually assisted law enforcement failed there I absolutely believe, and I say this as somebody who has a lot of access to the DeSantis presidential campaign. So I said this to Julie, you tell me what you think he can do and I'll relay to him right away. I literally took the tweet she sent me and I texted it to James Uthmeyer as campaign manager, who's a good guy, by the way. I like James. I think the idea of a Missouri v. Biden lawsuit from an attorney general against this, what's really going on here? These sentences are ridiculous. There are still people even awaiting a trial as we speak. This has gone on long enough. And we could have said that a year ago. We could have said that a year and a half ago. This has to stop. And I would think a guy who's a former former prosecutor like Governor DeSantis would be sympathetic to defendants that are actually assisting the prosecution and still get screwed because why would anybody in the future consider assisting prosecutors if there's nothing, if, if, if this is what you get for it, right? Right. See, if we were a system of justice, these are the calculations that you make because you're concerned about the social compact, both at a macro and at a micro level. That's another aspect of the social compact. If people cooperate with us and in exchange, they get worse than nothing and like it. But their lives end. Why would people cooperate with us later on? Right. Right. But see, we don't have a justice system. It's just a system. Heads you win. Tails I lose. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And so that's why I sent it over to James this morning. By the way, he responded right away. We had a very constructive conversation about it. But see, this this can be done. Remember when I've said for many years, we're not a nation of laws and never have been. We're a nation of political will and we always will be. All I had to do was risk James being offended by me pointing this out to him this morning. Now, I thought that was a pretty low risk knowing James, but even if it was a higher risk, who freaking cares? Is James Uthmeyer my son-in-law? Are we married? Are we related? He he's, works for a political campaign. Who freaking cares if I offend him? 
That's what Tudor Dixon did there with the president. Hey, sir, you need to know what happened here. And there are people relying on you to come to Jesus on this, basically. We can use our access for leverage. We have largely chosen not to. We have chosen to use it for wealth enhancement and grift. And so we have Tucker Carlson interviewing President Trump two weeks ago, and then two weeks later telling us he thinks Trump should have gone to the debate and was too old to, and is too old to be president. Why didn't you address these things when you guys were sitting next to each other? See, I think the Tucker Carlson on Fox News would have. I don't know what we're doing now. I don't know which Tate brother we're interviewing now. Maybe there's another Eastern European pornographer we can interview next week. That's the challenge we have before us. We are the problem. That's the problem. Here's the good news then. If we're the problem, guess what we also are? The solution. The solution. We don't have to do this. We don't have to take the coward's way out. We can maybe make, I don't know, how about 800000 a year instead of $8 million a year? Even in the, let's get the Joe Biden America, can you live okay on $800,000 a year probably? I think you would. You probably can. So maybe we'll take just a little bit less and do our damn jobs and fulfill our callings. Maybe. Maybe we'll take a little bit of a risk, so-and-so, who doesn't care about me anyway and only uses me at the time that I can mutually benefit him, might not call me back or come on my show ever again. Oh my gosh, what will I ever do? We did this to ourselves. As the great prophet DJ Khaled says, we played ourselves. Or maybe that was Dave Chappelle. They both said it. It doesn't have to be like this. We have chosen this. And we seem to like it. And here's the thing, though. We can unchoose it, too. We can unchoose it, too. It doesn't have to be like this. But we have to decide, are we going to sign up to be just another in a growing cacophony of idolaters in a country succumbing to idolatry in the era in which we live? That's the choice. It's simple, but it's not easy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. You know, we were talking earlier that we love when we get positive reviews of our partners here on the program because your endorsements are even more potent than mine. And one product that came on board about a year and a half ago that has generated a ton of positive response 
is Eden Pure, specifically their Thunderstorm air purifier that gets rid of strong odors from cooking, uh, litter boxes, trash cans, uh, cigarette smoke, even that kind of stale mildew stain or smell that uh, in the basement that just won't go away. It's no match either because it's not an air freshener. It's an air purifier. It actually cleanses the air of the stuff that is causing those smells. No costly filters to ever replace either. And those are just a couple of the reasons why. They have thousands of five-star reviews. They're coming up on a half a million units sold. All right, so if you want to give it a shot today, save $200 on their three-pack of thunderstorms for whole home protection. That's three units for under 200 bucks, and you'll get free shipping. Three units for under 200 bucks, and you'll get free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. Before we get to buy, sell, or hold, you guys want to comment at all on what I was just saying about that? how we've not used our access to gain leverage, but instead to gain fame, fortune, grift, acclaim, and that's why we're, we are where we are. And so, therefore, since we dug ourselves that hole, we could just dig ourselves out. It's just a matter of a will. It's a matter of being more willing to do what you saw Tudor Dixon do in Aaron's montage. This is a systemic problem from top to bottom. We, we have to decide. Uh, we can get into all pointing fingers and accusing uh, the elites versus the... Ple- what, but right now, on, on the highest levels and the most mundane levels, we've got too many people who are far more interested, and it's not even close. And they may not be able to flesh it out this way, but if you did for them, they'd even feel stronger about it. They want to be consumers more than they want to be citizens. That's it. It's their default. And then if I you say it as plainly to them, and you say, oh yeah, that's exactly what we want to be. I don't want to be responsible for anything. Uh, Grifter? That sounds good. We are... We are broken at a spiritual level. We say this all the time on the show. Might as well come back to it again. It's the most important thing we can possibly say. This can't work. This won't work, especially in this place that was founded on a creed that demanded otherwise. It promised you it won't work unless you accept the fact you're a citizen that comes with obligations. Gosh, Peter Parker's uncle got it. I don't, you don't even need to read the Founding Fathers. Go watch your cartoons. It's there. You just don't want it. Our system was designed to be for a self-governing people, meaning we're up here, our politicians are down here, okay? Our representatives are down here, whether or not, whether or not they're elected. Too often, though, because of this a- access-based system, system that we've devised on the right we see ourselves as down here we see our favorite hosts and favorite activists as down here and we see the politicians up there Mm. in what other context in what other relationship tremendous whatever other relationship context does that type of relationship work do you have an access-based relationship with your children Hmm. no no. How about You're any the other damn business? Parent. Where, how about any other business operation where you think you have an access-based yeah, Steve, relationship with your Steve, employees? Yeah, Steve, uh, uh, are you are you are you just glad to be at the table with me? No. <laughs> you write the front of my checks. I write the back. 
There's no other context, no other relationship context where it's where the people who are actually in charge see their representatives as up here and themselves as, as down here. We, ha we gotta bust that paradigm up. It's never going to work because, because it can't. It just can't. You, Human nature being what it is. Right, That'll so, preach right there, oh, man. yes, but I hate to break it here. And have you seen a lot of parents around their children? Because, See. yeah, there's an access-based yeah. relationship there, yeah. and it's pathetic, but it exists. All right, let's get to buy, sell, or hold. We'll hand over control to the audience now. This is where Todd and I, based on items you have submitted that Aaron has selected for us to choose from, will determine are we going to buy that or are we going to sell that? Okay. And then once, no topic is off limits. No topic is off limits. Once um, per episode, we are permitted to say hold. But understand in doing so, you're gutless. You have outed yourself. You have played yourself again, pointed, you've emasculated yourself. Uh, your refusal to take a stand. And as a result, you are going to be condemned to an emasculating activity. So, Todd, if, you, if anybody chooses uh, to, to, to hold this week, you will engage and partner with Lindsey Graham on a deep, deep dive into the recesses of Barack Obama's personal life. Oh, boy. To find out if it's true that he actually had sex with other men. It's funny you went there. Yeah. This is like your eight millimeter, your Nicolas Cage. Because we're going to start out. And with you're going into the homosexual underground. Florida okay. man next week on Tucker. And Lindsey Graham's your Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Sorry. Next week on Tucker, Lindsey Graham on Barack. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Graham, I had sex with Barack. That's on Tucker. No, I get, hold on. I'm watching that episode. Right now I'm calling it. If that goes down, I'm watching. Okay. This is my worst birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, I actually have... I think this is the largest number of submissions that I've taken ever on Buy, Sell, or Hold. I have 36 today. 36. Oh, wow. Okay. And we begin with uh, Florida Man, which we just said. Tucker, uh, next week, Lindsey Graham on Barack. You guys are buying that? Lindsey Graham on Barack. Are we talking like talking about him? Of course. All right. I just, of course. Where did sure your mind go? I mean, I, the, the after a fair trial, of course. <laughs> Gotta make sure all the codicils are in place. Uh, next up, Stephen the Troll says... We're off to a great start. Yeah. Okay. Disney will continue its streak of animated flops until new leadership is installed. Bye. I'm, I'm going to buy. Now, weren't you telling me a few days ago, Aaron, that there has been a lawsuit filed by some shareholders against yeah. the company? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't foresee... I mean, everybody celebrated when they got rid of the other guy whose name escapes me and brought Bob Iger back. People forget Bob Iger is the one who started yeah. this. Iger is the one who picked the fight with Georgia. When Kemp was going to sign the heartbeat bill, Georgia was one of the first states to put that legislation up. And Kemp was going to sign it. And Disney, particularly almost all of its Marvel properties, film in Georgia. I think Georgia is number two behind California in America for... Uh, most uh, entertainment uh, uh, productions are, are done there. And, and so he was going to sign that heartbeat bill. And Iger, after getting pressured by Disney stars and employees, he actually threatened to pull all their productions out of Georgia. You guys, this, this, I know this seems like it was an eternity ago. It was like 2018, 
Okay. He was going to pull all the productions out of Georgia if Kemp signed the bill. By the way, could we get 2018 Brian Kemp back? How about even 20? How about summer of 2020 Brian Kemp back? Could we get could we get the Brian Kemp from 2018 to summer 2020 back? That's another guy that just let Trump break him. Doesn't it seem like that? The, Brian Kemp went from telling, giving Disney the middle finger before Ron DeSantis did to going to Davos last winter. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many more people are going to let Donald Trump break them in this era? How many more people are just going to be like, I, I just, I must lose my soul to this man one way or the other. Don, Brian Kemp went from telling Disney, don't let the, don't let the door hit you where the, or, where the good Lord splits you. Even before Ron DeSantis was governor of Florida, Brian Kemp did that. Brian Kemp led a, was leading a crusade against COVID Stan. Even against the Trump White House, Trump went back to back days. Trump went before the podium at the coronavirus task force to trash Brian Kemp. The show makes me sad. That guy went from he went Brian Kemp went from that guy to, you know, I think they might have they might be at least a little reasonable in Davos. Let's go check him out. The list of people who will just let Donald Trump break them one way or the other. I, I just refuse to get to buy it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care how many people in angers. I'm going to give him credit for what I think he gets credit for. I'm going to blame him for what I think he gets blamed for. And I'm going to just keep it on the level, man. I'm just not going to get broken. But people forget who Brian Kemp once was, including Brian Kemp. Okay. So Kemp, so, so Iger was who went to Kemp and threatened to remove Disney. Kemp stood up to him. And you'll notice at the end, if you're one of the few people, now maybe this isn't true because I've not watched the last couple of Star Wars and Disney shows we were talking about yesterday. But even, but up until, what was the last one that uh, I watched? Uh, last season of Mandalorian was earlier this year, wasn't it? Wasn't season three I of Mandalorian in January? Yeah, okay. it was, yeah, I stopped. All right, so watching. that was the last one I watched earlier. Did you make it winter. all the way through? I did make it all the way through, yeah. And uh, um, they still had the little uh, Made in Georgia Peach logo at the end. So Kemp won that battle. But Iger was the one who started Disney down this road. The other guy now just went whole hog. Okay. I mean, Bob, you know, if Bob Iger was like, you know, one night stand, the other guy was like, let's get married. Okay. He went all in on this. But the idea that Iger was now going to come in and pull the company back from the brink that he set it on. No, it, it's going to take an entirely new course and, 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 and leadership. So uh, that's sad. I, I don't think there's been a company in America. We have seen great companies of austerity and posterity blow up and, and, and in American history before, but in almost every case, like IBM's one of the more famous ones in our lifetime, Todd, um, it's been because of institutional rigor mortis in, in unwillingness to see how your industry was evolving, like the newspaper industry where both you and I mm-hmm. originally came, okay? This is a case of an industry attempting to self-destruct on purpose simply because it is yeah. willing to buy into a very narrow, rigid political ideology um, and, and put that ahead of its own corporate best interest. That, I, I don't know of another example, like what we're watching well, of Disney. A guy now, oh, you says uh, you can't rise above your own worldview. So that's what's going on here. And can you, to, to your point, Steve, you and I are in, I don't know, mi- middle school, 
probably when the new Coke thing happens. Is that right? That, that sounds right, isn't it? New Coke was around middle school. Yeah, like 85, somewhere here's a, in there. Here's yeah. the thing of no moral consequence whatsoever and yeah. the public said what the hell are you doing and yeah. oh okay here basically people said we already have a sugary cola yeah. it's called pepsi yeah go back to the thing you already did yes here disney's like yeah we're trans in your kids and we like nobody steps on the brakes it's unbelievable it's just unbelievable you can only happened. come to the conclusion they are demonically captured and this is missional to them now and, and so that's a company that does not need a marketing plan. It needs an exorcism. Next up, James Moon. If college football adopted the promotion relegation system, relegation games would draw so many viewers. Oh, I totally agree. So this uh, like relegation... Like a loser league town match in college football. <laughs> this proposed relegation system, you'd have a Premier League with 12 teams at the top, a Championship League with... Uh, 12, uh, 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 that's not 12 teams at the top, a 20-team championship league. League 1, League 2, both with 20 teams, and then regionalized divisions after that. Todd, your thoughts? Buy, sell, or hold. <laughs> nice. Oh, just amazing. Told you. There, there's an article about this, about this is, this is happening. We can't do anything about it. Didn't we just talk about things that are a choice on this show? Yeah, this is absolutely a choice. This is a giant golden calf. Another example, Deion Sanders replacing his entire roster this is like what's that fool basketball anal analyst from duke um uh, jay billis jay billis yes yeah. the pe the, the children are finally freed the children are going to be more enslaved than ever there's zero commitment to them they are now absolutely chattel bought and sold Deion sanders ironically just talking about oh fear of black men he just went in there and threw 87 new players the people that were there utterly meaningless to them meaning also there's an article right now about how Dabo Sweeney is a man locked into the past and the fact that he honors the relationships as he built with people, like this is why he's a loser now. Like I you guys. Do you see what's happening here? This is not a separate thing. This is not just your entertainment that's helped you escape. It's the same thing as everything else. You're selling out on every level. You're caring about these kids less, not more. Anything else is a lie. And I am going to enjoy beating you over the head with that stick as long as I live. This is preposterous. This is not professional sports. I'm, I'm just going to word, echo what he said. Amen. Next, we go to Data Mast. If a state law prohibiting jab mandates does not cover all types of jabs for all ages and circumstances, it's just a virtue signal. I think that's I think that's going way too far and I will sell. I, I think that you have to give people you, you you cannot ask people to the first time that they're willing to break the paradigm of being morbidly obese and they get on a treadmill and run for 20 minutes. You can't say, hey, if you aren't willing to run a marathon right now, it's a virtue signal. You have to give people an opportunity. You're you're this is a massive paradigm shift and and you have to give people a moment to accept it rather than asking too much of them from the outset so i will sell and just because you, just because people like you were here for years the person i'm talking to you is the person with the submission doesn't mean, and and so you're ready not everybody else is you know and so 
you may have met your wife and known the first night I'm marrying her. Maybe she didn't know. So you probably shouldn't ask, will you marry me on the first date? This may surprise you, but I second what Steve just said. If you've been listening more regularly, I it, maybe it won't surprise you, but Steve really laid out really well there. And, and brother, <laughs> hey man, you and me, I'm feeling you. I'm absolutely feeling you. But this is what I'm t- Steve just laid out to you the 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 magical power of vaccines. It is a trance. It is a cult. I Steve knew I believed this before COVID came along. From the time he hired me, every once in a while he'd see it go on on Twitter. I know Aaron saw the same thing. But was I like in your face all the time, Steve, about this? Of course not, because I absolutely get how this from the time children are born they capture the especially a mama's they capture the fear the nesting things to them and they tell them terrible stories about how your kid is going to end up with all these terrible things unless they get poked a hundred times with these needles so i steve steve absolutely right that's as fine an answer as i could even give on the topic we need to help people through this trance We'll come back more by Seller Hold on the uh, opposite end of this break to lead off hour two, and then Daniel Horowitz will join us next. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, the birthday boy, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Forgive me, I just realized i got to tighten my microphone live on the air. Uh, you can also let us know what uh, you think about what we think uh, by following us, Steve Dace. Look for me on Facebook, MeWeGab. Uh, follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And look for me at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social as well. If you are a podcast listener, please leave us a five-star review. And thank you to all of you that have. And also remember, so that uh, you never miss a new episode and it shows up in your feed automatically each time we do one, uh, hit subscribe or in the case of iTunes, follow. And thanks to all of you that have done that for us as well. Thanks to our friends at Bonner Private Wines. They are a longtime loyal partner here of us on the Steve Day Show. We appreciate them. I know Todd appreciates them quite a bit couple of times (laughs) indeed and uh you know we need we should probably reset it's been a few years what that's a reference to one of these days because that clip is like 15 years 15 years old now all right that's the for for those of you that are new to the show this actually goes back to when i was just a local guy in who uh the election of 08 with barack obama and cnn is on the ground in uh, Philadelphia in Philadelphia thank you and they're interviewing people as they come out of the polling booth and they're specifically looking for black people 
that who are going to be, you know, having a chance to vote for the first black presidential candidate ever, you know, and, and a lot of these interviews go well, but this is the peril. These are the, this is the peril of live television. One guy, they grab one guy coming out of the polling booth and, uh, and the white guy asked him, Hey, are you excited to vote for uh, Barack Obama? You know, the first black president He goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, I uh, came back here again uh, this morning, decided to go ahead and vote a couple of times. And the blood, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah. The blood just drains <laughs> from the CNN white guy's face. And he, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Uh, back to uh, back to Atlanta. Now, uh, if that were today, though, the report would be like, "Come here, you, yeah. you rascal, a <laughs> <Atta> boy." <laughs> you know it. That's just not even untrue. You join us after. That's just voting here. You know, you said it went pretty smoothly for you in there, but I really want to get a sense from you of the mood here in Overbrook Park, this area of Philadelphia. What are people saying about the excitement of voting in this particular election? It's time for change, man. People fed up with the time for change. It's time for a new feast. Time for a new and feast. Are they, were they really galvanized to try to get out here and vote? And were they talking a lot in the neighborhood about just the excitement of the day building up? Yeah, the long, long, long lines out here. Since seven this morning. And you came out and saw the long line, you decided to come back. Yeah. Decided to come back and vote a couple times. <laughs> I think that's against the law, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Ron, very much. <laughs> God bless America. How about the white guy asking the black guy, how did it go in there for you? <laughs> like, were you able to navigate the complicated <laughs> procedure of circling bubbles? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Goodness, how patronizingly racist. I forget. I always forget about that part of the clip. Hey, how did you manage to uh, engage full motor function in there? Did, were you able to figure this out? Did it go okay? Did it go well for you in there? How was it? He, that's what he asks him. How did it go for you in there? This is our, or, I think Oren McIntyre. I don't know if he coined it, but he uses it. However much you think you hate the press, it's not enough. It's not enough. Anyway, back to Bonner Private Wines. All right. yeah, they were probably wondering, <laughs> what is going on here? Yes. Um, make sure you try out their Sunal Illogico Malbec. It's a never before imported gem from G- deep in the Kalaki Valley of Argentina at a breathtaking altitude of nearly 9,000 feet. It is from the third largest vineyard in the world, highly rated at 91 points. No finding or filtration done when producing it. Thus preserving its true natural taste and it boasts a staggering 10 times more resveratrol with also 93% less sugar than the bulk grocery store reds. These are delicious red wines. Don't miss it. Right now, take advantage of our partnership with Bonner by visiting Bonner Private Wines, B-O-N-N-E-R, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. You'll get not only other wines for over 50% off, but you'll also get free shipping. Bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Again, Bonner Private Wines. Dot com slash Steve. All right, Aaron, let's continue on with buy, sell, or hold. All right, we go next to John Kincaid. Michelle serves as the next president. Do you need some help with your microphone? No, I'll get it figured out. Okay. I'll get it figured out. I could buy this. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the odds are. Like like on on, uh, on the blaze on debate night, we all of us gave our odds of who we think the GOP nominee is. I don't remember what everybody else said. My my odds were 50% Trump, because I, I literally think it's a 50, 50 coin flip that he can navigate the current lawfare. I said 30% DeSantis, and then I said 20% somebody not currently running. Now, why did I say that? I explained myself. 
Because let's say Trump is the nominee and then they force him off the ballot. He takes a plea deal later next summer or in the fall. Do we have a nominating convention? What happens? Do you know? I don't know what happens. So, I mean, what would happen if what would happen if you nominated somebody and they passed away or they removed themselves from the process voluntarily, like you would in a plea agreement, um, you would have a nominating convention to take their place. And that's why I think there's about, as it stands right now, about 20% odds that that could happen. So if I was factoring in whom I think is likely to be the next president of the United States, it, it, I there's too much... There's, I, I would say... It's higher than 10% odds it's Michelle Obama. I probably wouldn't go higher than 20, but I'd say higher than 10. And so that's why I'll buy, because I think that's a significant number. I'll buy, and this is, you know, whatever instinct you have, and I still have some of them that kicked in, is like, I mean, come on, really? Like, I, I try to beat those down as quickly as I can, because listen, that was part of the scam all along with Biden. A, that if you think that the fact that he was had already showing signs of dementia was not a selling point, you're crazy because that's what they liked. He could be easily used. And secondly, that relationship with Obama that was established, people want Obama at the wheel. Same, same, same thing again. It doesn't matter if it looks absurd or uh, a, a new dynasty from all the people that might complain about if it was on the if the shoe was on the other foot. No, no, no. So. Yeah, Steve, I, 20% might be the floor. Hmm. Next, Matthew Ruby, NFC Championship, Giants versus 49ers. Oh, sell. sell. I, don't, I don't even think the Giants will make the playoffs. Since 1990, which is when we, the current divisional format of the NFL was introduced, since then they've expanded the format and changed some of the division names, but the current divisional format um, that we have began in 1990. Since then, the NFL has averaged a little less than five new playoff teams per year. How incredible is that? Just to show you the parity of that league. On average, the league has averaged five. Uh, it's like 4.75 or something. So right around five. And Giants are one of those teams I'm tossing out and they'll be replaced by somebody else. I, I don't think they're in the NFC Championship game. No. Sell. So. AFC Championship, Jets versus Chiefs. I could buy this. I would sell it. I think the Jets have a dramatically superior roster to the Giants, actually. Um, the only reason I would sell it is just because of how loaded the... Like, I think this is more plausible, but the AFC is so loaded. When you take a, a team like the Jets with a Hall of Fame quarterback, everybody acts like, by the way, Aaron Rodgers sucked last year. Nope. Dude did not suck. Now, he wasn't MVP of the league, guys. Okay. How, how many times has he been MVP? Four times or something? But people acted like he went out there and threw like 23 picks or something last year. Okay, I mean, he did not suck last year at all. I've made this point on the show multiple times. I, I, don't, like, I don't get this whole thing that he sucked. I don't understand that at all. Um, I, th but this is, how, this is how loaded the AFC is. The Jets, who may have on paper the best defense in that conference... And now they have a Hall of Fame quarterback who's not what he was five years ago, but is still like a top 15 quarterback in the league. Minimum, fair, minimum. That's what he is. Their, their variance, they could go anywhere from 10 and 7, 9 and 8 and don't make the playoffs to being in the Super Bowl. That's how high the variance is in the AFC. So while I think it is more likely the second one, 
than the first. I'll still sell just because of how much variance exists in the AFC with how potent and strong that conference is overall. Agreed. Next, Clinton Shaw. Trump saying we did a great job with the ventilators is equivalent to Jeffrey Dahmer saying I did a fantastic job with the catering. Oh, yeah. that's bye. going that that's going a little far. No, bye. Okay, that's going a little far. I have to sell. But he brings it on himself that this is even posited because of saying ridiculous things like this. Trump keeps behaving like the doctor. Uh, your montage, Aaron, the beginning. You got to go out and get your booster. I, now that's a better analogy. That, but, that's a just just re, just repeating mantras on a on a on an institutional bureaucratic level that have proven to be untrue. We killed people with ventilators. Now, in Trump's defense, we didn't know that in March. We didn't know that in April. By May, we kind of were figuring it out, and that's why we were sitting here laughing that summer that he was still talking about ventilators in June and July while they're piling up in landfills because even the hospitals that were fine with killing people stopped using them. Stop and think about that. The hospitals that were totally fine with killing people, even the ventilators were a bridge too far. Right. So I understand, but that, that's what I mean when I say he brings this on his narcissism, brings it upon himself. He does that. That's, I, that's different than the lawfare. Okay, the lawfare is a unilateral, in my in my opinion, that is a unilateral witch hunt, meaning it's a one sided affair. People will say, well, Steve, it is a crime for a president to take documents that are not classified. Okay, the problem is when you're dealing with these kinds of crimes, there needs to be there there needs to be an an equitable scale of justice. Is Joe Biden facing a hundred years in prison? No. For taking for taking documents? Is Mike Pence facing a hundred years in prison? Who's facing a hundred years in prison? So then so therefore, is that an equitable scale of justice, Todd? No. No. So th- when we're talking about these kinds of bureaucratic crimes, is it is it illegal to not report an in-kind contribution on an election form? I told you all along it was. I know there were other people in the media that told you that weren't. Here's the difference between me and them. I've actually worked on a presidential campaign. So I can tell you what you what, what, I can tell you what's illegal and what's not. What's an in-kind contribution or not. How you, how you relate to a super PAC and how you can't. I lived this. Okay. So I can tell you, you have to report these things as in-kind contributions. That was a violation of campaign finance law, clearly. By not reporting the payoff to Stormy Daniels, he committed a campaign finance violation. 31 felonies worth. Isn't that, isn't that what, Bragg, what was that? Was it 31 indictments or counts yeah. or something is what he indicted yeah, him in of 30s. in New York? No. Would anybody not name Donald Trump be given 31 indictments for a $200,000 payoff to a porn star from 2006? No. No. So that's not an equitable scale of justice. So when I say this is all one-sided, the lawfare is, what I mean is, it's the scales are so obviously tilted against Trump that in my view, morally, it makes it irrelevant whether he's guilty because in the end, who was harmed that Trump didn't put something on a, on, on, on a, uh, on a campaign disclosure form? Anybody harmed? Anybody die? Who was harmed that Trump took a map of Iran just so he could you know, brag to his jerk-off buddies? Nobody. And we're turning these things into like he's the freaking Rosenbergs and he sold the hydrogen bomb to the Soviets. That's a political witch hunt, period. Fair? 
absolutely fair but that's why you should have bought instead of sold because whatever it takes to smack him and everybody else over the head and wake him up just needs to be said i mean for aaron's montage again we didn't cover it but there the people on the view and i i hate even bringing up the view at all but the same people that said you're trying to kill everybody you you absolutely should be fired from your job now they're like chuckling everybody knows this is a joke haha covid's back laugh laugh you're Yet no one will break this cycle. That's fair. That's fair. But back to my other point. Oh, you were right. There, there's a difference between Trump doesn't Trump doesn't bring it on himself with the lawfare stuff. This is the equivalent of of looking to see if he removed mattress tags on a. Uh, that's that's Nuremberg. Okay. It's on the policy stuff that he brings it on himself. Mm-hmm. And that is where the that's where his narcissism gets in the way, uniquely. And that's what does set him apart from other politicians. He's not the first politician to bureaucratically try to get away with a few things and, and look the other. I believe we call that politics. OK, what, what is unique is the level of narcissism he will display on policies that clearly wrecked people to the point of gaslighting his own supporters. That that that's when he brings it on himself. Mm-hmm. But the lawfare stuff is entirely a jihad. I think I'm done now, Aaron. Sorry. All righty. Aaron's just over there. <laughs> seeing if, seeing if Travis right. Kelsey's playing tomorrow Still night. going. Waiting for Steve yeah. to get done. You done? Big All right, Ten we're good. Network on. They're playing, replaying the uh, Penn State <laughs> Literally game. Literally seeing if Travis Kelsey's MRI came back. Drew Alar just made a fantastic <laughs> pass that I've seen for the fifth time. Uh, the more you F around, the more you find out. Has this. Nice. Given the coaching staff, Bryce Young will win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Lead the Carolina Panthers to win their division and to at least the second round of the playoffs. Oh, complete sell. Um, Watched them quite a bit in the final preseason game, and we didn't play like any starters. I should say the Lions. And the Panthers played a few. uh, Played quite a few, actually, including Bryce Young. That's going to take a little bit more time, I think. I I think he's got to learn a little bit more, given his height, launch angles, passing angles, seeing the field. That's going to be more of an adjustment for him maybe than you think. Um, Their best receiver is Adam Thielen, who I believe is – I think he's also celebrating a 51st birthday today along (laughs) with Todd. (laughs) No, he still moves pretty good for a guy his age, but come on. No, I I don't see that at all. I I think that's going to take a little bit more time. Agreed. And I'm a big Bryce Young fan, by the way. Fan of him as a player. Love him as a young man. Very high-quality young man. I'm rooting for him. Thought he should have been the number one pick. I just think there's going to be more of an adjustment period to the NFL than people think. Jeff Gibson says Detroit Lions win Thursday after the Kelsey injury. So Aaron and I were talking. I'm going to sell. Aaron and I were talking about this after after the show yesterday because Chris Jones, their best defensive player, is is still holding out too, has been out all of camp. And Aaron was pointing out, you know, he went through position group by position group. What did you say, Aaron? Basically, oh, I think it's I, I don't think it's any question, at least a majority of the 53 man roster. And you could even make a case for even a, a steeper majority, but at least a majority of the 53 man roster. The Lions are as good or better than the Chiefs right now. On but, paper. but but and the other and the guy we're playing at quarterback was in the Pro Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. And he like he sucks. He's actually been to four Pro Bowls. But the Chiefs have Mahomes. But you have Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay, so like we have like an all-star player at quarterback. You have a, you have a generational one, you know. And so, uh, you know, I just, to me, if the Lions win, 
it's like by a, it's like by double digits. It's like they just came in there, wrecked the Chiefs at the line of scrimmage, forced some turnovers, and it's like 28-17, 31-21. Because I think we all know if Pat Mahomes has the ball at the end of the game, we all know how that's going to end. You know what I'm saying? So I have to sell. I do think the, I do think the Lions defensively will be very good. Very good. I think the secondary will be the most improved unit in the entire NFL based on what I saw in camp. But I think that that all those new faces opening up against Pat Mahomes, man, you could blow you might blow three calls in your secondary the whole game and 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 all three of them will be touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? And that's the whole game. Like the rest of the game, you were like, yeah, we had that thing on lockdown. We had three miscommunications in the secondary. Pat Holmes ran around a few times and found a guy down the field across his body for a touchdown all three times. And that's it. You lost. I, I could absolutely see that Thursday night for sure. You know, I'll, I'll buy, but it doesn't like, I, the most Lions thing ever would be them winning this game. And then it, like losing the next three or four and in then, a row. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. And I, ha- the, I have considered that too. <laughs> and the Chiefs very much now remind me of the Packers, but with a couple more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. But like, there's just they're at this place where you expect a certain thing, and even if things are you know with injuries, if they lose this game, you know what Patrick Mahomes would be right to do: go Aaron Rodgers and say just relax, because you know. They, 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 they can see beyond this game easily. They have a proof of concept. So the Lions should be acting like this. They're uh, like this is uh, the University of Col- or Colorado University, and you know, go. that's a good analogy. Yeah, be, win this game, see, get the emotion, get all of it, see what the coattails feel like. And this is a bowl game right now. This is a playoff game. I'd be coaching them up like that. What do you got to lose? You're the freaking Lions. See, this is why I was not afraid of complacency, given the amount of off. Only two teams in the NFL got a bunch of offseason hype this year. The Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl and the Lions for winning their last regular season game. Because really, those were the only two teams that, that were happy with how things ended at the end of their year. All right? And, and so that's, that's a huge jump in perception for Detroit to get this amount of hype. And so the re- but here's why I'm not concerned about it. One, I really believe in the head coach from a culture standpoint. I, I don't still think he's a technic- a great technical head coach. I don't think he's Bill Walsh over there, okay? But in terms of his ability to lead men, I have a lot of confidence where that's concerned. But here's the other reason I was okay with it I, I, is because our first two games are the Super Bowl champs, and then we play Seattle week two. That's another playoff team. And remember, that was a very close game. We lost to them early in the year last year. And at the end of the year, that was the tiebreaker that kept us out of the playoffs. Seattle beat us head to head. And so those are when you're when, when those are your first two games and you're not opening like against the Cardinals and, you know, the commanders and maybe you lose one of those that you shouldn't have lost because you're looking ahead. And at the end of the year, that's the game that keeps you out. Right. When those are your first two games, getting those guys attention and work ethic all offseason long because the firepower both of those two teams have, they will embarrass you if you're not ready to play. And so that's why I'm not worried about it. And, and based on what I saw in, in training camp and I watched very closely, the work ethic was was there. It was rock solid. So I just have a hard time just beating Michael Jordan in a, 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 you know, it's Chicago stadium ain't easy to do. That's all. Uh, before we move on to like a lightning round here, don't forget about our friends over at Patriot mobile. They've been a leader for a decade now 
in growing the parallel economy as America's only American mobile phone company. They have a great customer service team. They bend over backwards to give you the best service in the industry, including things like access to all three major networks, uh, which means you can switch coverages anytime you want uh, without uh, having to pay extra and without funding the left and corporations who hate you at the exact same time. When you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, let them know if you're a first responder or a veteran. They've got extra special ways to say thank you uh, for your service to the country. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Patriot Mobile customer myself, I'll give them rave reviews, 878-PATRIOT, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Up next, Jacob Kwasny says Dr. Pepper is the only major brand with any level of self-awareness, and it shows in their Fansville commercials. Todd, I love their commercials. Todd, have you had a chance to watch any of the new ones? I, I haven't, but I am a okay, fan would, of these. It's the yeah, greatest you, line of commercials so far this decade, in my view. You would, you would at the very least, like the new ones. I love They're them. They're speaking your language on nice. realignment and transfer portal. I, I, oh, I love beautiful. these commercials. I love Dr. Pepper. It's just, I can't drink it anymore because it's loaded with caffeine, and finding caffeine-free Dr. Pepper is not as easy as it used to be. And of course, now that I can't drink it anymore, now they're coming out with like strawberries and cream and... Dr. Pepper cream soda. You know, I would inject that into my veins, dude. I would do that like Stu does Coke Zeros if I could. Okay. (laughs) It'd be like an an orgy of Dr. Pepper. Like I'd be over here during breaks, just like, you know, pumping it in intravenously. That's how much I love that stuff. So you had me at Dr. Pepper. Okay. But I love the Fansville commercial. So I'm a total buy. Yep. I mean, I I would literally just watch those commercials, like put together, like as a episode you know, back to back to back. I mean, I think they're that good. They're that entertaining. I love them. Brian Bosworth. I just love, I love them. Love them. Did you just get a chance to uh, use YouTube TV multi-view this week? I have not yet. I know you're to keep shaming me until I do. Uh, it's, I thought it was a luxury. It's actually with all the commercials now in, in college football, and there are a lot of them. It's actually a necessity to just be able to watch a game without two hours of commercial. Did you see what Peacock did with the Michigan East Carolina game? No. So if you get like the elite subscription of Peacock without commercials, okay, well, what happened during the game is they didn't even like let you see like a live feed of the stadium, you know, to watch the teams and stuff in between commercials. What happened is, okay, when they went to commercial, they just put up a black screen and said, your game will resume shortly. (laughs) And you watch that instead. (laughs) Goodness. The commercials would be an upgrade over that. But anyway, yeah. yeah. We're more slaves than ever, brother. Bill of Rights, not suggestions. Conservatives are being trained to rely on community notes on Twitter or X as truth so that they can eventually be turned against us as the new fact checkers. I mean, I, I'll I, sell. I, I, I bl- this is possible in theory. I will sell in practice. I don't think like that is a evil t- mustache twisting design of it right now. I agree. It, it could turn out that way if we do what we have typically done comprehensively, which is just, you know, get complacent, well, drift, and yeah. give up. But Take that, that would, to the bank. But, <laughs> it's like, Happy sold to the man in the cold sweat. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, that's self-inflicted. Um, I, I think that's not its intent. Just as someone that has seen how this has been deployed, that has not been its intent 
from the outset. It could turn out that way if we just decide to treat it with complacency like we do most other things, but then that would be on us. That, that, that abrogation would be against us as opposed to something that was purposeful. Next up, Auburn Tigers 89 says, Civil War II is already over. We're in the barbarian invasion stage now. Sell. It's not over yet. It's not. Wow, this is a coin flip. I just see what you're doing, so I'll buy. It's close enough, I'll buy. Bacon says, Tucker Carlson is booking guests to draw an audience to a new platform, but it's causing him to jump the shark. I think there's some evidence to this. I, I can just tell you on a smaller scale, the temptation, if when you're independent, I have not been anybody's employee for 12 years, over 12 and a half years. And so, but with that freedom comes a lot more risk. And you have to understand, Tucker, before Fox, Tucker was on CNN and MSNBC. And, and the Tucker you saw on CNN and MSNBC was not what we saw on Fox for five years. That was, the, we had the bow-tied, very chummy and cordial and, 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 and fun-loving, but kind of a technocratic libertarian. We got a completely different Tucker for five years on Fox than we received in all of his previous iterations. But hey, we change and evolve. You know, I originally started off as a guy, a total heathen doing sports talk radio, and now I do news talk radio, uh, putting the fun in fundamentalism. We grow as we get older, particularly spiritually, when God's at work in our lives. And I think there's plenty of evidence that you've seen God at work in Tucker's life. But you have to understand, he's an institutional guy. He's never been on his own before, ever. Ever. He's always had the, the safe harbor of a major network supporting him. Never has been on his own. Now he's completely on his own. And I think just from afar, I don't know him very well. I mean, we would know each other on a first name basis, but I don't know him well. I'm just guessing this as someone who has, has been around him a little bit, knows some of the people that he is surrounding himself with, both good and bad, and has been in this situation that he's been in. I've been fired in this job multiple times. I've tried to go out on my own, which I'm, you know, I'm doing that now. The, who is my base and how do I build the base? But here's the thing. If, if he's struggling with this, it's a false choice for him. That was a choice I had to make. No one knew what the hell a Steve Dace was. And still most people don't. He's the biggest media star in the country right now. He doesn't have to bend the knee to anybody. Doesn't have to, doesn't have to worry about anything. He can call his own shot, can rip whoever he wants, praise whoever he wants. But the way that he's behaving indicates that he doesn't understand that. And that he sort of is attempting to build some kind of base that he just already has by virtue of the quality of work he did the last five years and the respect that he built for that. And I'm not sure there's anybody around him right now that is communicating that to him. You don't have to slurp Trump. You don't have to bot, go with Tate brother bottom feeders. You're bigger than all of that. You're the closest thing to Walter Cronkite we have. You can call your own shot. Say whatever the hell you want about whomever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want, and no one can touch you. It's clear he doesn't, he has not received that message. It's clear he's not internalized that just because you know a tree by his fruit. He, is he behaving like someone who has that kind of freedom? I don't think so. 
And I'm concerned about that. I'm just way less. As someone that admires and adores him. I'm just way less concerned about this Obama lover video than I am about his Trump video. Yeah. (laughs) Not even joking. I hear you. I hear you. All right, we'll come back. The prophet of woe and lamentation will be here when we do. Our friends over at Sweatblock held up over heat canopy part de. We had the scorching heat here in the Midwest for the last couple of weeks. Love the deodorant lotions at Sweatblock. You guys got to remind me, I need to order some more, by the way. I got to get some more of that. Those work fantastically. You definitely want to get the antiperspirant wipes. That's their OG product for year-round. If you struggle with excessive sweating, particularly when the pressure is on, a big date, a first date, a job interview, public speaking, singing, right? That adrenaline gets going, you're worried about pitting, they can help you with that. They've got an outstanding product line that includes uh, a pretty kick-butt deodorant stick as well. You won't go wrong with our friends at Sweatblock. Go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 20% off. Promo code DACE. To get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Once again, that is sweatblock.com. Let's welcome in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you again, my friend. How are you? Hey, we're doing all right, Steve. Great to be back. So your overall view of the of the state of play, as we sit here today, we're 130 days from the Iowa caucuses. Uh, we're 430 days away, I believe, from the uh, the election overall. We have right now at least one of Trump's trials is scheduled for the day before Super Tuesday. I think it's March 4th. The other three dates of when those will occur are in flux at the moment. Um, just your overall view of of the state of play. Republicans have been, it seems like, Uh, on vacation well figuratively pretty much since kevin mccarthy went ahead and won the speaker vote and they're a non-entity at this point i mean i don't even know what the point of a republican majority in congress was given what we've seen thus far so where are we big picture where are we we're all on vacation but not just the summer vacation i think that was a good way to start it um their entire Republican voter base, I hate to be cynical, but they care about what you tell them to care about. And what they're told to care about is everything that doesn't matter and the way it doesn't matter at the time it doesn't matter. So 30,000 foot view, it's not bad enough or they don't feel it's bad enough. And to the extent they'll glum on to one of the existential issues, the vaccines, biomedical security, the the border, the castration, Green New Deal, uh, inflation, it's fleeting, it's ephemeral, it's talking point deep. But generally it's, but the Democrats, but the media, but the latest meme, and and that's what it is. I mean, we go on from one thing to another every day. It might be a nice talking point. Hey, this guy was locked up for 23 years while an illegal alien here just was able to stab someone and then get let out and then murder someone again. But there is no plan to actually organize and use any lever of power sphere of influence we have to do anything. So I I say that, Steve, because I think that sets the table for the presidential election. The presidential primary will reflect that. 
And what is that? That is the status quo. And it's essentially the same status quo that we had before the rise of the Fourth Reich, except now we're kind of out of time for all of this levity and we really need to focus on where the enemy is and, and point and shoot, put some lead down target. So my view is so long as it's about levity and it's not about substance, and, and, and I think this is important. If it's not about substance, there is no sense of urgency that something needs to be done. I think Trump will remain the the favorite to win the nomination because by default, I don't know if his support is solid, unmovable, but by default, I don't see anything moving it because I don't see any impetus going on in politics to move that the same way there was no impetus from the status quo to move people away from Bush, McCain, Romney, Mitch McConnell, you know, until it was cool to go after Mitch McConnell when he is no longer much of a factor. So, Steve, nothing much has changed. The establishment wins all the time, and I just explained to you the recipe for how they win. So I've been involved in every Iowa caucus cycle since 1996. That was my very first one. And the first Iowa caucus event I ever attended, I had just moved back to Iowa after uh, flunking out of college. And it was the summer of 1995. I went to the old Ames straw poll and I caucused for Phil Graham. That was the first event I ever took part in. Okay. I was 22 years old. I have been, I have had, I've either been involved as a grunt volunteer. Like I was, you know, the, the straw poll of 2000, I went for Alan Keyes. Okay. So, I mean, I have, I have, nice. I've run the gamut. Okay, I've done everything from a guy just sitting in a seat uh, for Alan Keyes that no one knew to a guy that people write articles that I'm a kingmaker, which isn't true. But the general rule is you always usually have more influence than your haters believe and less than you would prefer. That's typically the general rule, you know. So but but I've seen everything. I've, I've seen it from ground level. I've seen it from the inside working with the Cruz campaign in the last uh, 2016 cycle. Here's what I have not seen. There is no energy on the ground here at all. Nothing. Like no trumpet, like nothing. There's nothing, nothing. This is the least amount of energy on the ground for a caucus yep. cycle I can ever remember. I will tell you, I talked to a major conservative publishing company that they are poised to have maybe their worst year ever this year. Um, you leave Twitter, which does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's not where real Americans are. But it certainly matters in crafting and debunking narratives that real Americans will eventually see. It certainly matters where that is concerned. Okay? So uh, it's not real, but it's not irrelevant either. But if you go to where the real people are and you look at real results, tangible things, I mean, you look at Carrie Lake earlier this year, the first lady of MAGA, basically, because no one knows where, do you even, is, is, where's Melania Trump even at? Her husband's running for president, right? Any clue? Nowhere to be found, right? So Carrie Lake's- Maybe Tucker will do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where Bruce is at? <laughs> okay. Oh my. So, um- Carrie Lake's book was a flop earlier this year. She has a massive Twitter following. Couldn't translate it to book sales on any significant yep. level at all. When you look at 
the stuff on the ground that indicates momentum and energy, you le- if you turn Twitter off and look at every other indicator, our base is just like either tuned out, demoralized, yep. numbed, given up, or all of the above. Am I wrong? I mean, I think there's a few factors. I think one of them you did hit upon that there's a the, the word I keep using on my podcast is paralysis. There's a paralysis of initiative. We keep spinning our wheels. So everyone's hearing that they're coming for you. They're arresting you. They're flooding your border. They're killing you. And there's no initiative to take it to the next level. I mean, Steve, this is how we've been. I, I've basically been in the same position with the COVID vaccine safety now as maybe two years and three months ago. Just 10,000 data points beyond that. But it doesn't change policy. It just it just goes on and on. We're grinding our wheels because there is no initiative. Because, Steve, the grinding of the wheels is an end to itself in this industry. Tweeting is an end to itself. Doing shows is an end to itself. Writing columns is an end to itself. But for the average person who doesn't do that, well, they're not doing that. So they're just not engaged. There's nothing to do. We haven't marshaled people into any bit of a movement. So I think that's one. I think two is COVID does play a role. For better, for worse, people were locked down. So now they're back to living their lives. And politics owned our lives. Literally, politics determined what you were allowed to breathe or do. So now people are just happy enough to breathe again mm-hmm. uh, until they can no longer do that. Uh, and 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 that swings against us because it's hard to create enough initiative to create a reckoning with COVID. But for now, I think that also works against some of the soap opera people just tuned out. And then I do think there is a third element, whether we want to hear it or not. When you talk about this being the the lowest energy caucus so far, obviously you're not including years like 2004 and, two, and 2020 where you had an incumbent Republican. So I do think there's a little bit of that, this uh, perception that Trump at least is a quasi incumbent, not fully, of course, so, you know, in, until someone people see another path, they kind of checked out. Could that explain if we're if we're taking them at face value? Could that explain Trump's massive polling lead on a national level? Because yep. what people do, sometimes don't understand is polls don't just measure outcome. They measure they, they measure intensity and intention. And so, like, if the only part of the right that is engaged for, just to, just to hypothetically speak, if if the only part of the right that, although I say that, and I just pointed out, Carrie Lake could sell, sold, like, almost no books, like, almost none, okay, despite having all those MAGA credentials that she has. So that, that actually undercuts the point I'm about to make, but let me make it anyway. Why not? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it possible if the, if the only people that really, truly are engaged in this process enthusiastically or energetically are that 24% in the NBC poll that, that said that they view the MAGA branding as popular and positively. If though, if everybody else is demoralized, doesn't even want to show up and that's who shows up. That's the 30% and typically primary electorates are anywhere from 30 to 40% of the actual voters. Okay. So if that's the 30 to 40% that shows up, Okay, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they're all his people, yeah, he could probably win by 30 or 40 points if everybody else is basically just given up. You see what I'm trying to say? Now, what works against me positing that as a hypothesis to explain this is what I just said about Carrie Lake. I mean, she has 
she she was not able to parlay all of that same kind of energy and and a massive social media following that greatly outpaces what you and I have and we sold more books than she did and so she was unable to parlay that into a successful endeavor on her own so doesn't that almost undermine the point that I was trying to make in explaining these things I mean, Steve, when it comes to books, there could also be a little bit of a COVID factor there, too. Again, I hate to keep coming back to that, but a lot of people were all read out from curling up in their bed and reading books all day because they had nothing else to do. So now people are happy to get out. So I think across the board, you are seeing book sales are plummeting. Obviously, we have a special audience, I think just the most committed audience, and they certainly are attracted to the truth, which that book was built upon. Uh, Carrie Lake was just one in many MAGA books. So if you're not Trump himself, uh, I don't know what was so exciting about that. Uh, But I do think as far as the polling, that's why it doesn't mean DeSantis can and will turn it around. But it does mean that right now what they're measuring is the generic Republican vote. It's just like what is is the generic Republican vote? Well, if, if most Bush. of the, if most generic Republicans are just completely disengaged and not even participating at this point. Yeah. So it's the one with the most name ID exactly. by far and the yeah. most saturation, uh, you know, television on, which is why I, I originally criticized the DeSantis campaign for allowing them to incur 20 million in attack ads unanswered. You know, they have a lot of money in that super PAC. Why weren't they going up on air more? But now I'm wondering if they were right about that, because I'm starting to think that this might be the sort of primary where 90 percent of the movement and decision making by voters in the primary will be in the final 10 percent of the duration. I completely agree. Of the race. I completely agree with that. Right now, right now, you have a luxury of, of protesting how overwhelmed and, and exhausted by this you are because no one is offering you something that you have to act on today. Republicans yes. in Congress are doing nothing that you have to act on today. Nothing. OK, everybody's just doing shows and blogs. Nobody's voting. January 15th in Iowa, something will be tangibly presented to you that you decide whether or not to act on today. You see? So, yeah, right now there's nothing to act on today. Nothing. So if, if you want to just say, I'm, I'm not picking up the phone, I'm not answering this guy, I don't care anymore, I don't care. You have the luxury of tuning out right now because nothing is on the table demanding your immediate attention. But that won't be the case 130 days from today there will be something and you'll have to decide at that point that that lack of energy now does it pick up as we get closer to the to the to the date of responsibility or does it remain the way that it is i'll give you the last word sure and and steve this is why i really do think that iowa will play the biggest role it's ever played uh because iowa will determine whether there's an alarm going off (laughs) where people wake up or they don't. And I don't think there's a middle ground. Mm, I agree. It's a good point. If people wake up and they decide to go in a different direction, the dominoes will fall. Uh, South Carolina is pulling roughly where uh, Iowa is, and and New Hampshire, Trump is even more unpopular, much more unpopular there than in Iowa. In fact, there's a clear majority of voters that want to move on. It's just that there's a whole open field of you know, a lack of consensus where they want to go Were let's say DeSantis to clearly win Iowa. I think it would clear the field. The governor there, whether you like him or not, which I don't, uh, he would endorse DeSantis over over Trump, at least. 
and he'd win New Hampshire. And I think that's a whole different thing. Whereas, you know, other times the two states were moving in different directions because of different factions. Here it's more like, do you want the status quo numbness or do you want to wake up and move on? That's the simple question. Yeah. And either Iowa will awake the people and then I think whoever wins that will go the dis- distance or they won't, and then you know Trump wins as if he's a, a sitting president running in the primary. I think that, that I think as we sit here today, that's pretty what we know now. That's pretty good analysis. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. God bless. Take care. Breaking news, by the way, the judge in the federal judge in the defamation case for Trump, the woman, uh, the New York socialite who says that uh, Trump assaulted her right. in the dressing room. Okay, um, the judge is uh, has sentenced. Or um, the damages hearing of how much Trump will owe her has been set. Are you guys ready for this? For January 15th. (laughs) The damages hearing has been set the date of the Iowa caucuses, January 15th. Because apparently January 13th, 14th, 18th, 23rd. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Yeah. All right, any thoughts on, on what we just said with Daniel here in the 30 seconds before we have to say goodbye? The, I was nodding my head. The analysis about the 90-10 uh, thing, 90% of people will make up their minds in the last 10% of time before the caucuses and people start voting, I think that's on point. That's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what I'm thinking as well because there's a, so little movement. Even if you take into account the polls, I mean, there's just not much movement right now. I just... Yeah, it's weird. Early September now, people, people usually at least in caucus cycles that I remember started paying attention, and you saw some movement in, um, just from what you're seeing and what you're hearing. But I just don't see any of that right now. Yep, there was the leadership summit and, and some energy after that. There's been nothing ever since. Yeah, and there wasn't much before that. The choice Daniel laid out there at the end is exactly right. He basically cipher, ignorance is bliss. Is that true? Is that what we're going to accept? Watch the Matrix. I guess we'll find out. Well, we couldn't get to all of your buy, sell, or hold submissions, so we're going to stick around for Blaze TV subscribers and get to a few more in the overtime at blazetv.com slash day. So watch it later today there. For the rest of you, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.